Firm Foundation is an outreach of the Primitive Baptist Churches of DeKalb County. New Bildad Primitive Baptist Church meets in the Seven Springs community on New Bildad Road each Sunday morning at 10.30, Sunday night at 6, and Wednesday night at 6.30. The Mount View Primitive Baptist Church meets in the Shiny Rock community on Old Blue Springs Road each Sunday morning at 10.30. Your speaker today is Elder Ricky Arnold, pastor at the Mount View Church. I'd like to turn our attentions to begin in the book of Second Chronicles. 
Second Chronicles, we'll get some verses from chapter 29, and then we'll move over into chapter 30. While you're turning there, if you want to follow along, you want to be able to see that God can bless His church, His kingdom, His people in the midst of hard and difficult times, under difficult situations, that God can bring revival any time. And I certainly believe we need revival among God's people. In Chronicles chapter 29, after Solomon died, the kingdom of the kingdom divided into the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judea. And there were never any good kings in the northern kingdom. And there were only a handful of good kings in Judea. Hezekiah was one of those. In Chronicles chapter 29, let's begin reading at verse 3. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. And he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them together into the east street and said unto them, Hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers and carry forth the filthiness out of, this, out of the holy place. Our fathers have trespassed and have done that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and have forsaken him and have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. And it goes on. In verse 11 it says, My sons, be not now negligent, for the Lord hath chosen you to stand before Him to serve Him, that ye should minister unto Him and burn incense. Now, what King has done? God's people have long been neglecting God's house. And He sets the priests and the Levites back in to sanctify in other words, the word sanctified means to set apart. Now the first thing I believe if, if we're going to have revival, in, in this is a timely message. It's for right now. Our eternal home in heaven is all by grace, but God can bless His kingdom to survive any, even in the, the, the hardest of times. Yeah. And he said that Hezekiah was one of the kings and he set the Lord's house back in order and he told those to sanctify the Lord God. In other words, set Him apart. And dear children, we are to set the Lord God apart from everything else. He ought to be ahead of everything else in this world. That is important. Now, when they had done this and set the house back in order, chapter 30, starting at verse 1. Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judea and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover unto the Lord God of Israel. For the king had taken counsel and his princes and all the congregation in Jerusalem to keep the Passover in the second month. For they could not keep it at that time because the priests had not sanctified themselves sufficiently neither had the people gathered themselves together to Jerusalem. And the thing pleased the king and all the congregation, so they established a decree to make proclamation throughout all Israel, from Beersheba even to Dan, that they should come to keep the Passover unto the Lord God of Israel at Jerusalem, for they had not done it for a long time, and such 
sort as it was written. And there are three things that in that are commanded here. Verse six is so as the post went with the letters from the king and his princes throughout all Israel and Judea, and according to the commandment of the king, saying, Ye children of Israel, turn again unto the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, and he will return to remember to the remnant of you that are escaped out of the hand of the king of Assyria. Now what's happened? The king has sent out a letter. He sent out a letter to all the land, not just the ones he's king of, but he sent them to everybody. And he said it's time to turn again to the Lord. Dear children, that's the first thing he's going to bring revival is God's people turning back to God instead of all the other things in, in this life. And he comes on down in verse 8. It says, And be ye not stiff-necked as your fathers were. Now what's he talking about? Quit being stubborn. Hold into your ways instead of God's ways. That'll hinder, that'll hinder us in our walk with God and it'll hinder the kingdom of God here. Right. Now in verse 9 he says, and I'm going to read verse 9 and 10 and make a comment. It says, For if you turn again unto the Lord your, uh, your brethren and your children shall find com- compassion before them that Lead them to cap that led them to captivity, so that they shall come again to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful, and will not turn away His face from you if ye return unto Him. So the post passed from city to city throughout all Ephraim and Manasseh, even unto Zebulun. But they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. Dear children, there are those that are going to that are going to laugh, scorn, and mock at anyone who's going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's always been that way, and it'll always be that way in this world. Some are going to reject this no matter what. But listen at the next two verses. Nevertheless, divers of Asher and Manasseh and of Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. Also in Judea the hand of God was given uh, them one heart to do the commandment of the king and of the princes by the word of the Lord. There were some that heard. And dear children, out in this dark and dismal world, we as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ need to proclaim that God is still on the throne. He's still sovereign and He can still bring revival even in the midst of the most difficult times. We need to see that our God is still able. That God works just as He's always worked. We often sing that song that the God that lived in the olden times is just the same today. And dear children, that even in that difficult time, even in those days when all the kingdom had turned to wickedness, that there were still those that wanted to serve God. Let's look. And I want you to see what the Lord Jesus Christ did when the church was established in the first century after He rose from the grave and went back to heaven, when Jesus ascended back, here's how many people were followed. They gathered in the upper room after Jesus had ascended and went back to heaven. And in chapter 1 of the book of Acts, and we'll spend the rest of our time in the book of Acts. In verse 15 it says, And in those days... Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of the names together were about a hundred and twenty. A hundred and twenty people, and that's all they were when they first assembled after the Lord ascended back. And God promised that He would send down the Holy Spirit, and on the day of Pentecost He did. The apostle Peter got up and preached. 
Now we're going to go over to chapter 2 of the, verse, of the book of Acts, and I want you to see how God blessed His kingdom to grow. I want you to pay attention now to how this happens. And in verse 37, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall, find, shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. All these that, were, that God had worked in their heart, they, they said, what do we need to do? What did Peter say? Repent. That's first in the life of every child of God. Repentance is a lifetime thing. But dear children, the first thing you're going to do to enter into the kingdom of God is repent and be baptized. And baptism is a portrayal of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it says they were baptized for. The word for literally means because of the remission of sins. Our sins were remitted, paid for on the cross of Calvary. Our sins were paid for by the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not the baptism that takes away your sins. It's Jesus Christ. Because of that, we want to show the world. Now they said, and listen to what Peter says, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received His word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Let me ask you this, this, this question, kids. If you had service here and you had 3,000 who wanted to be baptized at one time, would you think that would be a pretty good meeting? Do you think that would be a sign that God's sending revival among His people? It would, wouldn't it? Now, but God's not through. Now, if you go over it now, you might say, well, we don't have the resources and we can't do all these things. And The key's going to be shown us in the very next chapter. Chapter 3, Peter and John go up to the temple about the ninth hour. And there's a man there begging. He's, he's, he's lame. He can't walk in there. And he's begging for coins. And he looks at Peter and John. Peter and John going into the temple and Peter says, look on us. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And that man was, he got up and went into the house of God leaping and, and rejoicing because God had done something for him. And what did Peter say? Such as I have. Children, don't worry about what you don't have and what you haven't got. God is able to bless in any circumstance. God bless them. And now, what happened? You go right over in the fourth chapter of the book of Acts. They were arrested for what they'd done because it went against the establishment. Hit against, hit, they didn't want them teaching in this name. And in verse 5 of chapter 4, well, let's, let's just start at verse 1 and read down to about verse 5. And as they spake unto the people and the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead, and they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of men was about 5,000. Do you remember how many we had on Pentecost? They was 3,000. Well, just a few days later, how many are? How many have you got? 5,000. Is God still growing the church? Is He still hard times? Well, it's obviously hard times. Peter and the apostles were arrested for what they were doing. Verse 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John 
and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they, that they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Dear children, I want the world around us, Brother Ronnie, to marvel that, that, and see that we're following the Lord Jesus Christ. That we're following what He teaches. And we need, I believe, the church of the Lord needs boldness to proclaim that God's still on the throne, that He's still the sovereign God of heaven and earth, He still rules and reigns, and what He says is right is still right, and what He says is wrong is still wrong, and it's God that saves us by His grace and not we ourselves. And we need to be bold in the proclamation of the truth. As as the Apostle Paul said, I claim to know nothing other than Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We need a boldness to proclaim the truth. Over in Acts chapter 5 and verse 12, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, and the rest does no man join himself to them, but the people magnify them, and believers were the more added unto the Lord multitudes, both men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick and into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Now how many have we added now? We started out with, with 120. And he went from 120 to 3,000, and from 3,000 to 5,000. What did he say here? Multitudes. There's so many they're not even counting anymore. Is God able? He is certainly able. Now if we go on down in this same chapter, verse 17, and it says, in the, Then the high priest arose up, and all they that were with him which were of the sect of the Sadducees and were filled with indignation and laid hold on, laid their hands on the apostles and put them in a common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people in all the words of this life. They arrested them and God sent an angel to turn them loose. And what did he say? Well, go hide yourself. Go quarantine for so many days. That's not what the angel said. You go preach. What did he do? They went right back to where they'd been when they'd been arrested and went back to preaching exactly what they'd been arrested for. We need boldness. Not to be afraid. When the forces and the powers of this earth tell us not to do the things that God commanded us to do, I'll be like the apostle said, who ought we to obey, men or God? Oh, we ought to obey God. Let's see how mighty God worked in these times. Now, if you go on down in this same fifth chapter to about verse 40, they did arrest them again, and they threatened them. And it says in verse 40, and there's a there's this teacher by the name of Gamaliel, Gamaliel, and he's been telling them, this high council, they want to put these apostles to death. And he says, if, if what they're doing is just of men, it'll come to nothing. It'll come to naught. But if it's of God, you can't fight against it. And there's where we need to know, see and know. Dear children, if we're following the Lord Jesus Christ, if we're doing what He says, God's gonna, God is never going to fail. Now, in verse 40, And to Him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. And daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. How many of us, if we were taken and beaten tonight, by, if the authorities came in and arrested us and beat us, 
and put us in jail for, for serving Jesus Christ, how many of us would go out rejoicing? They did because they counted it that God counted them worthy to suffer. Dear children, when you're being opposed by the forces of this world, that's a good indicator you're following God. Because this world has never been our home and it never will be. Time's sake, let's move over to chapter 10. Chapter 10 of the same book of Acts and you'll find that a man named Cornelius, a devout man, but he's not of the Jews. He's not, a, he's not one that you would expect to be serving God. And he sends to Joppa for one named Peter. Peter's on the housetop and you know the story they let the sheet down. There's all kinds of animals in there. And the Lord says, rise, Peter, slay and eat. Peter said, not so, Lord. There's things in there I'm not supposed to touch. I've never eaten anything common or unclean. God gives him a lesson. He says, what I've, what I've cleansed, call thou not common or unclean. There's a lesson in that. Until the Lord got a hold of him, he would not have went and preached to Cornelius because he didn't think he was the right kind of man. But let me tell you something. You go on down here and you'll find that, that Peter preaches to them in this same 10th chapter in verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. And the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Dear children, our God is no respecter of persons. What does that mean? It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter what nation you're from. It does, the Bible tells me in Revelations that he's going to redeem his people, brother Ronnie, out of every nation, kindred, tongue, tribe, and people. So dear children, if they're our brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't care what they look like. I don't care how far down they've been, God can clean them up and bring them into His kingdom and we ought to welcome them with open arms if they want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. God's no respecter of persons. Verse 28 of this before I move on in the 5th chapter of Acts back where Isaiah says that they warned them not to preach that they failed. They failed Jerusalem with their doctrine. Dear children, I want to fill the community we live in with the truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Chapter 13 in the book of Acts First three verses. Now when now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simon that was called Niger, and, and Lucas of Cyrene and Manan, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, and they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Ghost said, Separate, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them to the work. Dear children, we are be praying that God would, send, would fill us with His Spirit and send men to the work of, of the kingdom of, the God, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We need, to be, we need to pray that God's going to send into His kingdom. What does it say? The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest will send laborers into the harvest. Where we've already been in the second chapter of the book of Acts, after they baptized that first 3,000, it says, And the Lord added daily to the church such as should be saved. We're to be praying that God's going to add to the church. God can still send revival. Now, I want you to see how God works even in the midst of hard times. And everybody thinks this is, this is a difficult situation. That we're living in a difficult time and I expect that they may get worse before they ever get better. But God is still on the throne. In Acts chapter 14, Paul and Barnabas have been sent to the work. They went to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch. Now, let me, let me, let me let you see what happened. Now, Paul and Silas have went out Paul and Barnabas went out to preach the gospel 
And in verse 19, And they've established churches in all these places. And there came hither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people, having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Now did you catch that? They took old Paul and they stoned him. They threw rocks at him till they thought he was dead and drug his body outside the city and left him for dead. Howbeit as the disciples stood up round about him, he rose up and came into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas unto Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city, and he had taught many, they returned again to Lystra, to Iconium, and to Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. What happened? Let me ask you this tonight. How many of us, if if somebody had drug us out and stoned us and left us for dead, would we want to go back and preach in that place? Would we want to go back and serve in that place? Paul did. Because there's God's people there. And everywhere there's people, God's got a people. Dear children, we need to see that God, even in the midst of the most difficult times, can raise up people. In the 16th chapter, and I'm hurriedly going through these. I'll try to wrap this up very quickly. In the 16th chapter, you know the story. Paul prayed. He wanted to go into Asia, and he wanted to go into Bithynia, and the Lord wouldn't let him. He said, go into Macedonia. He went into Macedonia and preached. No, no place for him to preach. No church, no synagogue. He went down to the river, and there's a woman named Lydia. Lydia took him and, and Silas in. They preached. They wound up in, in prison. They were beaten and thrown in jail again. What happens? They converted the Philippian jailer. They were at midnight. They were at midnight. Verse 25 to midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Paul went to, he went to this city to praise God and to serve God, and that's exactly what he did. And because he did what God called him to do, one of the first people that were baptized, some of the first, the first people to make up the church in the city of Philippi was none other than the Philippian jailer and his family. God can bring revival even in the most difficult circumstance. Dear children, let's pray that God will send revival. I'm going to finish in chapter 17 of Acts, verse 6. and It says, Now they've arrested again a number of those that are proclaiming the name of Jesus. Verse 6, And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain of the brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying. Now they're looking for the apostles. They didn't find them, so they found they dragged out some of the church members and they said, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. Dear children, I want to preach a gospel that'll turn the world. The truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified still turns the world upside down. Those who don't follow Him don't understand Him. But He still rules and reigns. What did, what did the Lord tell Peter when He asked him, Whom do men say that I am? Some said this and some said that. And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hadn't revealed this to thee. That's who we're looking for, is those that God has revealed Himself to. And what did He say? The gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. Amen. The gates of hell is not going to hinder God's kingdom. Right. Let's pray for God's kingdom and revival among God's people. May the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer.
Thank you for listening. You may write to the Firm Foundation in care of Ricky Arnold, 328 R. Arnold Road, Smithville, Tennessee, 37166. And until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you is my prayer.